We're going to be looking at a topic today. Believe it, receive it. Believe it, receive it. Um, I was asking God, what do I share today? What do you want? What do you want for your people today? And up to yesterday, it was just blank. And um, I don't even know if she was aware. While she was singing with the baby, she was just saying, believe it, receive it, believe it, receive it. And I was, I was ironing my clothes there. And the funny thing is that when she was saying it, the song she was singing it to, had nothing to do with faith or anything. It was just like an entirely different song. I was like, well, God, you've spoken then. So um, I just um, took down my notes and started like um, studying and, and um, preparing. And, and that was, God just said, just look at the book of Hebrews. And I mean, faith is, a, is the basis of this, like believing and then receiving. And God said, of course, I mean, even we all know that Hebrews chapter, chapter 11 as a book, is one that speaks about faith and gives a very vivid explanation and gives many examples. Gives many examples in the Bible where people actually did exhibit faith. Um, so it's not like a concept, but actually practical examples of people that actually displayed faith. Um, so we're going to be looking at believing, believe it, receive it, and faith, the basis of it. Um, what is faith? What is faith? Um, according to Hebrews 11, the Bible in our Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the New, new um, International Version, that's the NIV. Um, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Let's break that down. It said, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Confidence in what you hope for. What is hope? I mean, let's look at how when we use the word hope. Say, I hope things are better. I hope. It's a thing. Hope comes from a place like, from a place of optimism. I am here right now, but I'm hopeful that things can be better. Things can be bigger. Things can be brighter. Things could be better than this state in which I'm in. So when you have hope and you had confidence to it, so you're not just hoping from a place of, huh, it may or may not happen, but I'm hopeful. That is not a hope that has confidence backing it up. That's a hope of, well, everybody can hope that way. We can all hope to be rich today. We can all, we can all hope that when we get downstairs, we have Ferraris there in the, in the, parking, in the parking lot instead of the cars we drove in. We can, have, we can have hope that when we open our bank account tomorrow, miraculously there's 10,000 euros there. Everybody can hope. But what differentiates our hope as Christians from the hope of the world or the hope of anybody is that the confidence to back that hope for is where faith kicks in. So he said, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Like we are confident, we are so sure, we are like we are so con- we have that conviction that our hope will be realized. It's not a hope of 50-50 chance. It's a hope that this is going to happen. Of course, there caveats and conditions of it, God, again, falling within his will, him actually doing it, us being upright and stand um, upright. I mean, there are conditions and caveats that may and may not apply. But it's the confidence that what we hope for, we actually materialize. That is, where, that is what faith is. And so the assurance um, about what we do not see. 
So, if you have a sports car and you enroll in a in a racing in a in a, a racing a racing competition, you can hope to win. But your hope is dependent on the car that you have. I have this car or I have this horse and I'm putting it into a race. My hope is that I've trained this horse. It's like it's been making the records. It's going to actually, the chances of winning are very high. I'm hopeful. Now that's not fate because you've put in the work. You've, you have, there's a physical thing that you can actually like tie your hopes to. But fate is when you're hoping and there is nothing, you do not see that which you're actually like hinging your hope upon. It's, it's non-existent. It's an assurance about things that we do not see. So hope is, for example, a, a, a testimony that I heard. Hope is when God says, I'm sending you to Barcelona, to this church. Now, not for holidays now. I'm sending you to Barcelona to go to this church to go and share the word. And you're like, God, I do not have money for for flight to Barcelona. And God says, go. And you enter your, the, your bus, you get to the airport, you walk to the counter, you get to the counter, the lady says, can I help you? Someone taps your shoulder, you just put your hand to the back, you take the money, and you pay the host. Are you paid? Are you paid the host? Like you're not turning back to say, who are you? Who sent you? What how can I help you? It's that assurance in what you do not see. It's not a thing of oh, the chances of you getting a a free flight is there, or Ryanair is saying that any lucky winner will get it. Like they're not, they're not. There's not nothing to be seen here. We have the assurance that in which that thing that you do not see. Now. Um, as Christians, of course, that assurance, that thing that we do not see, of course, is God. So having faith, having an assurance in God, that God is powerful enough, is strong enough, has the resources, is, is fast enough. He can hear us when we call him. He's not far. His ears are not too small. I cannot hear us when we cry to him. His hands are not too short. I cannot save us when we cry to him. Having that assurance in our heart is where faith kicks in. So that's the basis of it. That is what faith is. And so when we always say believe it and receive it, like that's, it shouldn't be anything less than that. Again, let's look at what, what we just said, what, what faith is here. We said it's the confidence in what you hope for. So we have no room for maybe or maybe not. We have no room for doubt. There's no room for wavering. There's no room for, for uh, if it does not happen, it's all good. No, we, have, we should move in that confidence in what of, of what we hope for and then the assurance in what we do not see so the terrain of faith um is spiritual than physical so thinking of faith or thinking about god in something that we do not see of course when you say that that, that pretty much defines what is spiritual when, when you do not see something one something is not in the physical realm it is spiritual and that's where faith stems from faith is not a thing of Oh, I see it and then I believe it, which was what people like Thomas was when he told me that, oh, Jesus has, Jesus has risen from there. He was like, nope, until I see it with my own eyes, then I will believe. And that's what the world defines as be- believing. You have to see. I have to see that, I have to touch it, I have to feel it, I have to smell it, and then I will believe. 
But God is asking for us for the reverse. It's like from a, from a spiritual place, first you believe and then you see. So first you believe and then you receive it. So you can't like say, oh God. Of course, um, people like Gideon. Gideon was when God called him the mighty man of valor. Was like, well, uh, you have to prove this one, God. Um, so I'm going to put this thing here. You make everything wet around it and this dry. And God said, okay. And say, okay, go one more try. You make this one wet. So it's like, not as coincidence. You make this one wet and make everything around it dry. And God said, okay. So that is faith. That is not faith. That is that is believing after sin. That is believing upon proof. That's believing upon tests. It, so people like Moses as well. Moses said, okay, um, bush is burning. Uh, bush, the bush is, there's fire in the bush, the bush is not burning. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And God says, I am that I am. And he's like, eh, so when they send me, what would I say? It's okay, that stuff in your hand, drop it, turn it to snake, pick it up. So that's faith built out of receive, um, or more like obedience built out of Seeing things, having proof of things, but that's not the faith that, that God is asking of us. God is asking of us first believe and then we see. First believe and then you receive. So, when next time we are praying to God about something, don't pray from a, from a place of God, show me, or God, give me a sign, or God, let me see something. Well, let's, be, let's come without confidence and that assurance and know that I believe this is going to happen. And then see if God will not actually um, give to us or reveal unto us. So yeah, let's just remember that faith stems from a place of spiritual. So the spiritual happens first. And that's, that's the only way you can explain receiving after believing. Because you have to first know that this actually exists somewhere. In a place, in a terrain that I do not see, in a place, in a terrain that I do not understand, that I cannot, with my human mind, fathom, this actually does exist, and I'm just speaking it to existence. I'm believing that this will come from that place of spiritual, from spiritual into the physical. So when you're praying for healing, for example, you're sick, you're tired in your body, and you're praying for healing. The physic, the, the 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 reverse is actually to say, okay, I'm going to take these pills, and these pills will make me better. Now that's that's all well and good. I'm, there's not, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything against that, but it's an acting of actually saying, okay, there's the blood of Jesus which actually was actually was shed on the blood. You don't see that blood right there, right then. The blood is has come and gone. But you are saying, I'm tapping into that blood. And through that blood, through the stripes, I am made whole. And then you actually then see the healing and experience the healing. You didn't see the blood. You didn't touch the blood. You didn't drink the blood. But you know in the spiritual realm that blood does exist. I'm going to tap into that power. And then, as a result, experience the power of God and see healing in my life. And so it should be the spiritual first. And then we see the manifestation in the, in the physical. So again, believing it and then receiving it. Uh, second thing to know is that it actually takes faith to acknowledge God and then please Him. In, in, the, in the same April 11 that we're going to reference in, in verse 6, he said, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must first believe that He exists and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God is not a man. God is not spirit. So God is not flesh. God is a, yeah, it's the God of all flesh. But God is not flesh. God is not bones and blood and water. So he said, God is a spiritual being. So being able to acknowledge that first this God exists. This God, he said, I mean, we're coming to church today. 
We've not come to see me. We've not come to see her. Yes, we've come to be my greet ourselves at the end of the service. But we're coming with a mind of, I'm coming to meet with God. But God is not here as a person standing here and saying hello and shaking your hand and everything. God is spirit. And so you having to say, okay, I mean, if you look at it like, like logically, we're all mad to be doing what we're doing. To wake up every morning and take our baths, wear our clothes and come to meet somebody that we cannot see. Like, and we do it week after week after week after week. So, without faith in the definition of that, then we're just all mental. We're like, like what are you guys doing? But we said, he said, you must, you must first know that he exists. He actually is there. I'm coming to meet him. I'm coming to speak with him. I'm coming to fellowship with him, to pray, to worship him. And so, faith is required for that. And then, if we do know that he does exist, we have one to please him. You want to please man, we know that doing this is not in vain. Paul said, if this is all there is to it, we are made the most miserable. Because we've not cut corners, we've chosen to deny ourselves, we've chosen to follow him, we've chosen not to go after the pleasures of this world, we've chosen to like follow the path of righteousness, and then this is all there is. There's no after, there's no spirit, there's no see we are all men most miserable. But he said God exists. And he's ready to reward those who love him, who follow him, who look after, who, who, who sought after him, so who seek after him. So, therefore, faith is essential because he is spiritual. And for us to actually say we want to please him and we want to want to come in with him, we definitely need faith. So yeah, it's it takes faith to acknowledge that God is, and also to please him. Uh, a thought in here is obedience affirms faith. So when people say, I have faith in God, I have faith in God, I believe in God, it doesn't stop there. We have to take, there's, there's an there's a action step required. We can't just take faith without obedience. We can't take faith without actually doing His will or acting, acting, acting that faith out. So faith without works is dead. You can't just say, I have faith and just stop at that. And let's look at, let's look at a few examples. Verse 7 of Hebrew 11. Say, By faith Noah went warned about things not yet seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Noah has not seen the flood. In fact, according to Bible scholars, there was, it was the driest of seasons. That when Barclay saw him building the ark, they were like, ah, this one has run mad. Again, doing things that has not, that has not yet materialized. He was building an ark. You know how big a ark is to actually contain all the animals, and we were like, Wait, where is the water going to come from? And according to him, according to Bible scholars, he built the ark in a valley. So there were trees, were like a forest in it, in it, and because he had to, because it, like carrying the trees distance didn't make sense. He had to build close to where the forest was. So to build an ark in a valley. So even when water comes, water has to first level up the valley before taking the ark like forward. So, like, it made no sense, logically. Okay, let's even say the odds of even rain is coming. You want to build an ark and the chances for water to carry you. I mean, you put it on, the, on high grounds. So, water doesn't have to, like, like again, you don't have to have too much water for it to get moving. But he did the opposite. He actually built in a place. Because God is going to, I'm going to flood the whole world. Like, so, no matter, you, no, matter where you, no matter where you built, you're going to be taken. So, again, it took Noah, it took faith for Noah to obey. To obey God again, obedience. You could have just said, "Well, uh, that's all well and good. 
might as well just come and destroy all of us then. But again, it took faith. Obedience affirms faith. Another example is the next verse, verse 8. He said, By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Now, let's, let's not forget, Abraham was not a poor person. Abraham was not poor at all. Abraham was very, very rich. Like in his, his herdsmen, his cattle, his, his, he was rich before God actually called him. He was in a, fam- he was in a rich family. And God has said, leave your, fam- leave your kinsmen. And I will take you to a place that I will show you. God even say, I will take you to X. How many of us today will see God will say, okay, pack your bags, get the air coach to the airport. When I get to the airport, I will tell you, I will show you where you are going to. You're like, no, God, just tell me already. So I can see if I'm going to pack winter clothes or warm clothes. <laughs> so, but here God was saying, leave your kinsmen to a place that I will show you. It, it, it was not a thing of, oh, okay, this is where you are going to. This is where, it was a thing of, okay, we will, we will map out this journey as we go along. And Abraham forsook his kinsmen, left with um, Lot, the only person who did bring him trouble. And he actually separated from Lot before he heard from God again. Um, so it takes obedience, total obedience, uh, to affirm faith. Also, he said, by faith, the prostitute, 31, in 31 of Hebrew 11, he said, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Mm-hmm. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, who we later come to know to be the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus, mm-hmm. because of faith, because she believed when they told her that God had sent us, because she believed, because she obeyed, she did not get destroyed with those who were disobedient. So faith brings about, uh, faith, obedience affirms faith, which does bring deliverance and brings like salvation as, as, as um, Rahab, Rahab did experience. The next point is, in whom do we believe? Faith in the faithful one. Let's look at the word faithful. Faithful, according to the dictionary, says, Remaining loyal and steadfast. And some synonyms to faith is loyal, constant, unwavering, steadfast, committed. Another definition says true to the fact or the original. True to the fact or the original. And our synonyms are accurate, precise, exact, error, error-free, unhearing. And so in, in um Hebrews 11 verse 11, it says, By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So faith is not... We're not asking us to have faith in anything. We're asking us to have faith in the faithful one. One that we can hold and say is unwavering. He is steadfast. Is loyal. He's not going to say, okay, I'm, I'm changing my mind. I don't love you anymore. I'm changing my mind. I'm not, I'm not blessing you anymore. His promises. He said he exhorts his word above his name. So having, a, having faith in the faithful one, like it's just 
I mean, something that it's a no-brainer for us as believers. We're not asking us to have faith in stones, in gods that cannot move their hand, in gods that they put food in front of them and the food will spoil. They have to throw it away and bring new ones. We're not asking us to ask, and these people, and people that who, who do have faith in those things have faith in them 100%. Because they keep doing it over and over again. They will throw out the old food and bring it new food. They will pour the palm oil and pour it over and over and and we see it in the Bible, people, the, the prophets of Baal, when they set up their altar against, against Elijah, they said they were cutting themselves, they were bleeding, crying to Baal. So they were not doing it out of, like, um, oh, we're doing it like, uh, trivially, like if it works, it doesn't. They were fully committed. And so us as, I mean, as believers, having faith in the faithful one, something that we know that it's guaranteed, because we say it's unwavering, it's constant, it's loyal. And so when Sarah was of age where she could not give birth anymore, she said she still believed because the faithful one who made the promise, the faithful one who made the promise will not fail. Finally, with faith comes tests. By faith, Abraham, when God, 17, by faith, um, Abraham, when when God tested him, offered Isaac as as a sacrifice. When God tested him, Faith, you can't, you can't know faith until you're tested. Faith is only of convenience if, if tests do not come. Because then, again, anybody can say that I can proclaim I have faith. But when there's tests, do you believe? Do you believe to receive? Or do you just like, oh, well, this is how much my faith can carry me then. Let me, let me, switch, let me switch gears to start figuring out, okay, who do I talk to? Who do I reach out to? Let me, let me default, let me go back to my intellect, my own ways, what I know. But no, he said, faith comes with test. God wants to test us to see if we are truly faithful, if we do have faith. In verse 24, he said, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He denied that. Because he could easily just have defaulted to that. He would have said, well, I'm, I'm enjoying now, what, like, what's my business with all this? He said no. He said he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. Now, we all loved that story, but we, and we focus on that part. The wall of Jericho fell down. But we don't talk about We don't take into account what happens, what happened before then. He said they, they marched around, this, around the wall for seven days. That was the test. They could have done day one and said, okay, have I got <laughs> So can we like move on now? <laughs> They could have done day two. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, okay, this is become. And I'm, I mean, I think like archaeologists, like, this was not a small wall. This was like a city. So they actually walked around the city. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven. And day seven, they didn't say, just walk around and stop. They said, well, now, now start, let's start, let's now, now make noise. When you're weak and tired of walking for seven days, now let's like make a joyful noise. So it takes tests. Our faith will be tested. It's not going to be just easy and handed over to us. We'll have to be tested for to receive. So in summary, let's focus on the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of faith. Don't let us like tie our faith to what we see, what we believe, uh, what, what, what we can touch. But let's put our faith knowing that it starts from the spiritual. If we, at the ending part of verse uh, of chapter 11, I'm just going to read that quickly. It says, What more shall I say? From 32. I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, 
and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. So women received their dead back, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even a better resurrection. Said some faced jails and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. Said they were put to death by stoning. Said they were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Said the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. Said they were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us should we, should we then be made perfect. All I was just read is very gruesome. Like it was, it's not easy. Like these are people that went through trials and adversity and challenges. But what kept them going? They believed in something better. Not what they could see. Not what they could touch. Not what they could earn right here. But they knew that at the end of it all. Said some, I mean, let's imagine. Said people choosing not to be released. They captured you and said, go. Said no. I rather die and then go something better. Because again, it takes spirituality to actually tie into that. So I was encourage us today. As we go through our lives on a day-to-day basis, let's know that faith is a confidence in our hope and assurance in what we do not see. Let's also know that first we have to believe to receive. We're not called to a life of receiving first before believing. It doesn't just work that way for us. We have to be, we have to, we have to be 100% sure, with no reservations, with no doubt, that I believe this. I believe this. And then we will receive. And another bit all, let's not limit ourselves to what we see here in this world. Because God has prepared something better. Something greater. Something, he said the greater of the latter shall be, shall be superseded out of the former. Like there's nothing, there's no man, there's no house that can be in this world that will be as beautiful as the one in heaven. There is no car, there is nothing, there's no jewelry, no gold that will be as beautiful as the streets of gold in heaven. So let us focus our mind on the spiritual. Let's know that at the end of it all, there's something glorious on the other side. And with that faith, we can grow to, we can go through whatever adversities, whatever challenges we face here. Uh, I'm not saying that we should just live bleakly and not, or I live, I live as destitute and not, again, enjoy things here. What I'm saying is that while we, on a daily basis, faith gives us what we hope for, don't let us, just, don't, don't let us get carried away or get tied into, oh, I have, I have faith for a, a bigger house, I have faith for a bigger car. Yes, that's all good, but that should not be the focus. Yes, while we enjoy all of that, we should have faith that indeed something bigger, something better, something greater awaits us if we remain faithful. Amen. 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 So let us bow our hands for a minute and let us pray that God give me the grace to 
Give me the grace to remain faithful. Give me the grace to have faith in you. Uh, you're the faithful one. Give me the grace to stay confident. Remove every shadow of doubt. Remove every shadow of unwavering. Remove anything that would not make me totally commit myself to you. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. But I want to acknowledge you in all my ways. I want you to direct my path. And at the end of it, oh Lord, let me remain standing. Let me remain in the faith. Because Jesus said, he said, will, he said will, faith, will there still be faith on earth when he returns? So give me the grace, not by, by my power, not by my own strength, oh Lord, but in your strength, keep me standing. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.